0: Episode one hundred and sixty-five of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, <coughs> are Ian. <coughs> Jesus Christ!
1: Don't you dare stop it. Keep coughing. I was, <coughs> I was trying to hold it in. Stepping all over my intro.
0: <coughs> hey, Ian. Hi, I'm Ian Sharply, and I'm, I'm Matt. Matt it's me. All right, uh, well. I guess we're going to talk Stranger Things tonight. If we can contain our coughing fits. Can you make it? Do you need a water? Why don't you have a drink ready? <coughs> I will get a drink.
1: Go get yourself a drink while we keep house here.
0: Yeah, why don't you keep keep some house from here? Sure. Yeah.
1: Um. The best place that you can find all your, you know, cough drops, your serums, your, your vapor... Chlor-
0: your chloroceptin.
1: <laughs> your vaporizer. Your Vicks. You can go to mixsauce.com. There I you'll want, find.
2: It. I want to clarify.
1: Okay. I was choking on like
2: spit or. That makes it better. Or a little bit of uh, pre-show. What did I have?
1: I was gonna say pre-show turbo, but
0: that's not right. But it rhymes, and I loved it. And I wanted it so bad. Uh, pre-show wild turkey. Wild right? turkey. American. Jack Daniels. American. Oh, no, 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 you're right, you're
2: right. It is uh, uh, Jack Daniel's on it. Yeah. Right, so that, I think, is kind of still lingering in the the lower portions of the... Uh, esophagus? The, the so- well, lower portions of the esophagus might be down into your chest. I felt this, like, kind of right under the Adam's mm-hmm. apple region.
1: Not This is not pneumonia?
0: Your mid-esophagus. No, that was a couple of years ago. Mmm, I see. You don't think this is the... Huh. Revenge of pneumonia? I don't know.
2: No, I got pneumonia back in my early 30s.
0: <laughs> like most people. <laughs> What's funny is that was like six years ago. Oh my God. No, such no, 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 people. no, no. It, it was... Um, I, guess, I guess early 30s could have still been two years ago. It
2: was ago. two years ago. It was two years ago, uh, right on the eve of the Pittsburgh pod races uh, when we handily triumphed over our uh, nemesis what were they called the
1: the nerd exchange pittsburgh
2: chapter if you will ian where can our uh, loyal listeners find that episode you
1: can find that episode it's a classic episode go back and check it out at mcsaucepodcast.libson.com so that's where you can find the classic episodes the standard regular episode the everyday updated episodes you can find on iTunes Stitcher (coughs) Podomatic if you subscribe they'll come right to your phone if you rate us and review us in iTunes it'll help more people find this lovely show so
0: uh, don't be a bitch just go to iTunes and rate us and leave us a review don't expect oh someone else will do Right, and someone else isn't gonna like do Ian it. said you need to do it, loyal listener.
2: That's right, loyal listener. Now if you do it then someone else might stumble across the podcast because of your review. And then if, if somebody if that somebody then posts a review and they tell a couple friends and they post a review, next thing you know, you're talking to somebody that you work with. Hey, did you guys listen to the new sauce this week? That could happen.
1: And then they'll say I thought it was Mixos. And then you'll have to correct them, because you listen every week. You know, correct pronunciations to things.
2: Speaking of correct pronunciations, Ian, I have something that I want to talk to you about. Okay, please tell me. I want to correct you on the way that you pronounce rebirth.
1: Because I say... You put the... Do do I say rebirth? You say rebirth. And that just sounds... Well, it's wrong. I think I've said it maybe once or twice
2: like
0: that. It sounds... Stupid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I've said rebirth a few times. I think I, I fluctuate between rebirth and rebirth. You've said rebirth a few thousand times. I like it. Do him. you call it Thor The Dark World? I I call it going back to the well of my greatest uh, failure on this podcast. Godzilla? <laughs> I don't know. But some people have uh, different inflections. Different
2: syllables.
0: So anyway. Le <laughs> going, going forward. Can, rebirth. Rebirth. Can, were
2: we talking about rebirth at any time? Can myself and the dear listeners of this podcast count on you to say rebirth the correct way going forward?
1: Absolutely
2: not. And if you want to hear Ian mispronounce rebirth, I suggest that you check out. These would be the more recent episodes, Ian. So these are the ones to check out on
1: iTunes. That's correct. Okay. Or Stitcher. That's correct. Or Podomatic.
0: That is correct. That's three in a row. I That's like sure a turkey. Podomatic was going to be wrong. No. <laughs> as a turkey. As a turkey. Matt, you're a big bowling guy.
2: Well, I'm really not a big bowling guy, but out of the well, you three you like out, it. You're, you fucking I dig bowling. it. love bowling. Do you guys want to go bowling nope. this weekend? No, no. No?
0: Nope. Sorry, buddy.
2: Any listeners out there if feel like going bowling... Hit me up. It's
0: at Little Depressed Matt. I'm terrible at bowling, so I think that takes a lot of the enjoyment out of bowling. Of uh, all the things, the multitude of things that I'm amazing at, bowling is not on that list. Oof. Humility
1: <laughs> being one of them at the top of the charts, That's right? That's right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I used
1: to love bowling, but I, too, am really <laughs> shitty at it. I'm really competitive, so right. yeah. since I'm bad, I will not do it because it makes me... Infuriated that
0: I suck so bad. Yeah, it just—it just makes me mad that I can't. Are you be good at it? Are you
2: self-conscious as you approach the line or whatever? About people watching me? Yeah, like about mm-hmm. your approach and like lack of co- like. Cause hey, I'm a man followers. who says
1: rebirth. I don't have any shame
2: like you've seen some bowlers that know what they're doing and they approach that line with a confidence and a swagger if you will and they approach the line and they throw the ball or roll it I don't know what the Are term you is. a thrower?
1: Do you have English
2: on your I roll? do. I do have English on my roll. Let me tell you that. I have I I underhand it with a slight curvature across the top.
3: Mm.
2: Now, I I believe those are the, t- the technical terms for what I do. Um but I'm not a hundred percent sure. But um, yeah, there is there is a little English. I I like to get close to that gutter and watch it kind of curve back in. But sometimes it curves too much and then it hits the like it curves to the right, but then it hits that last pin on the right and it's like, well, it looked pretty. That's true. There's so no lo- points for pretty in bowling. Yeah, yeah.
0: So bowling. Uh, if anyone if anyone wants to go bowling with Matt that's at Lil d pressed Matt on twitter hit him up
2: no i mean like when we go to um uh lovely Altoona once a year we go to the um i forget what the name four of d's. it is the the 40s the 3d's three
1: some amount of d's
2: it could be a different letter but i'm not sure b's
0: Ds. definitely
2: d, d de- so when we go there for the sci-fi valley con um this past year it was in June. Um, and uh, we go to this little bar, and there's a bowling alley attached. And uh, I always find myself in the bowling
0: alley. And it's fun. I
1: better bowler like... than drinker or karaoke singer. Bowling That's what isn't. You are. Bowling, That's true.
0: Like, I, I, I think part of what's irritating for me is that I kind of like it, but I want to be better at it. But I'm just not. And I've, I've done a lot of bowling in my time, I'm an old man. But it's just. So you think you not one of those things? You'll never get it. I don't think so. I
2: disagree with that because I, well, I'm still relatively not good, but I'm better than I was significantly. So I was terrible. I was an average, like, thirty pin a game kind of bowler. Oh, so
1: stop it. Sometimes. Do we think that that's exaggerating a little too much? Do we think that bowling had its peak in the eighties? I know I watched, when I was a little kid, I watched professional bowling in the 80s, and I set, I had my own little pins that I would set up. That was one of my fun little activities back in the 80s.
0: Right after you watched your episode of Stranger Things in 1984. Takes you right back. Right? Takes you right back to bowling in the 80s. Yes, it does. Well, let me... Are you going to cough again?
1: No. But, uh, Aren't you making fun of me clearing my throat earlier? No, we
2: were well, making fun of you for other things before you got here. <laughs> I saved it for the podcast, Ian. So, Paul, uh, is it safe to say that Stranger Things Wouldn't you was, say? was a strike, or was it more like a
0: 210 split? Let's uh, say it was a strike. Right down the center. Right down uh, the center of the. Well, pins. Is right down the center. Does is it still right down the center when you put a little English on it and you still hit the center pin but you're coming at it from the side no but
2: right down the center sounds better
0: yeah I think strikes a strike I would say Stranger Things has been an undisputable hit I haven't heard indisputable that's right Indisputable could be Welcome to the Bowling
1: and Pronunciation Podcast, <laughs> ladies and what. gentlemen.
0: Holy shit did I struggle over in or un before that came out of my mouth. And I think I still got it wrong.
1: Undisputable. I wish you guys indisputable? could have been in my shit, brain. Now I don't when fucking it was like,
0: know. Un, un, un 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 You gotta say something. It's indisputable. indisputable. God damn it, I knew it. You were indisputably wrong. So you're right. I was indisputably wrong. Basically, Um, what I'm saying
2: is you're unable to challenge or deny the fact that you got that wrong. Stranger
0: things is an indisputable hit.
1: This podcast is like a car that just won't turn over. (laughs) We can't get it into drive to the location that we're going.
0: No, we're going. We're on our way. We're we're creeping. We need a couple, you know, flat tires. You guys are out back pushing. What are you doing? I'm driving. I'm making sure we. we Oh, you're steering. You (laughs) crashed us into a ditch. An indisputable ditch. Have either of you heard any bad things about Stranger Things?
2: Outside of the bizarre uh, video review that we watched pre-show that IGN uh, provided, no. I thought IGN's review was actually a a little more critical than everything else that I had seen to that point.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I feel the same way. And I guess that's their job. Yeah, uh, they're, maybe they're trying to be fair and balanced and not trying to just praise it for the 80s love fest that it is. Mm-hmm. I know whenever it first came on,
1: <clears throat> I kind of had a little bit of a problem with the tidal wave of hype that was hitting the internet. Everybody was talking about it. Everybody was buzzing about it. I didn't even know what it was, and already I was sick of it because of that hype. Luckily... You know, I watched a couple episodes. Two episodes in, I was like, this is kind of not as good as everybody was saying. You give it some room, you watch the rest of it. Kind of, it kind of lived up to the hype. But man, those first couple days when I didn't really know what Stranger Things was, I fucking hated everybody that was talking about it.
0: Matt, tell us what Stranger Things is.
2: Uh, Stranger Things is a, uh, what's well, the show on Netflix? It's a one hour long. Uh, show. Eight episodes make up the first season. In typical Netflix fashion, they did a season dump where you get all eight episodes on the same day. Um, And this particular show is about a group of, what, four young friends, young boys, that uh, are, you know, kind of nerds, kind of semi-outcasts that like nerdy things back in the 80s, like Star Wars and Dungeons and Dragons and um what else was there probably e t e t so uh one of the friends goes missing, and um the the three remaining friends basically take it upon themselves to go find their friend and uh it turns out that the <clears throat> his disappearance is a lot stranger than than anyone really ever expected,
0: yeah. Yeah, I. Yeah. <laughs> that is what that show is about. <laughs>
1: so Matt, how how did you come across? It's about a kid that gets abducted
0: by a monster. Uh, yeah, they, that's another. The adults think he's just missing, but the the kids and the viewers know he was abducted right. by a monster. Yeah,
2: the kids are the you know the the main leads of the show, so that's always a tricky proposition because a lot of times kids aren't the greatest actors.
0: Right, Jake Lloyd? Well, I, I think Matt Cassell of the McSauce Podcast is our <laughs> indisputable child actor reviewer.
1: Don't you only have one child actor that that measures up to your high bar? Isn't Haley Joel Osmond? Well, he's old whatever? and fat
2: now, but... I thought you also... I thought uh, you liked
1: his work back in his... when he was in his child
3: well, era. Well, in...
2: in The sixth sense, he was good, and I do believe that he had auditioned to be Anakin Skywalker. Mm -hmm. But
0: I guess he wasn't good enough. Matt, I know you. He was a strange child, though. Honestly, what? I know you don't watch this show, but uh, I would for the the Maddies, the child actor awards. (laughs) Mm. How
1: how pedophilic.
0: Uh, what's this kid's name?
2: Yeah, right. I feel like (laughs) sponsored by Jerry Sandusky.
0: (laughs) I would like to nominate Max Charles, who plays Zach Goodweather on The Strain. Because the kid has to act through some bizarre sequences of, Hmm. like, vampire tongues, like, sucking blood and doing a lot of of goofy stuff. Mm -hmm. And he's, the kid's solid. yeah. The kid's solid. Um, I read an interview with the Duffer brothers who created Stranger Things where they were talking about how they didn't want to go the Disney Channel route and you know get one of these child actors that have grown up talking a certain way and acting a certain way because you know, I've watched enough ABC family. I know where these kids come from and where they're going. I feel like I've got a good idea. I feel like
1: they're going into your van the way you're talking about (laughs) them. Yeah, really.
0: No, I know exactly what the Duffer Brothers are talking about when they say something like, we don't want kids trained to speak and act a certain way. They wanted real authenticity. Yeah. And I think they got it in the actors that they picked. And I think Max Charles from The Strain is from the same camp of... He's probably... The kid from The Strange probably wasn't too good looking to fall in the camp of the Stranger Things kids. What are you saying? But they are Are the Stranger Kids they're ugly. The Stranger ugly. Things kids. They're ugly. One, ugly of the kids? Things, one of the things Let's say unorthodox. Let's be honest. One of the things the Stranger Things casting director did was pick ugly people. There is not one legitimately good looking person in that entire show. <laughs> Winona Ryder It makes
3: it work it Winona Ryder is
0: not it legitimately legs. good looking Not in Stranger Things <laughs> not one She's not legitimately good looking person
1: David Harbour <laughs> this,
0: this is the vain He, of the, he of the solid chin No, David, David Harbour is a solid looking guy But he's just He's just a guy He looks like <clears throat> a guy A maybe slightly above average looking guy But Winona Ryder's crime is past she's relegated to you know mother of the missing kid role now and she's great at it and, like the casting was perfect <clears throat> they picked normal looking kids no one's exceptionally attractive or normal. no one right. talks like a fake adult <clears throat> no one's giving like fake sass that a kid like that wouldn't have all the performances from the kids were so natural and so real that it really made the kids as the, the entrance characters to the show believable. It brought That's what really helped bring all of the viewers in because that was so honest, it wasn't like you were watching any disingenuous performances. And it helped that they were all hideous. I like how Except they're getting creepier. The yeah, they're kid. getting uglier and Except uglier.
2: The black and black kid. He
1: had a pretty big the, head. The,
2: I no, want to say black kid
0: was a good-looking kid, but Gaten, Gaten Spaghetti, and uh, which one? No, I think Spaghetti? this kid is
1: equally unorthodox. I local. think
0: you're looking at a weird perspective on that picture. Gaten Matarazzo, the kid with no teeth. Um, Finn Wolfhard, what a great fucking name. Even the kid that played Will Byers. They're all know, weird man. looking kids. This kid, the, the black that's kid. The, the that's looking a picture that I picked yeah, up. That's it's, one of the I'm first right. ones on IMDb, That man.
2: picture of that kid, it, it's like a nightmare to me. <laughs> <laughs> i If I go to bed and I dream that, IMDb
3: profile it's pic? the third one in,
1: man.
2: If I dream this, I will, I will wake up screaming and in a cold sweat. That is
1: horrifying. <laughs> Uh, So I I think they're unorthodox all the way around. Hideous and... Is he
2: wearing makeup there, I. That is
1: terrible! It's weird looking. There is makeup on that child. On that young boy. They are actors. It is part of the
0: job. I guess, but it's like... He's wearing lipstick, man. Yeah, so a lot of... A lot of goofy looking...
1: (laughs) I like that this thing. is our
0: big takeaway. Only we've got, kids. We've got a lot of time to talk. We're gonna really, really going to unpack how hideous each character was. Our, in, the, in the series, the most attractive character by who he is, what he represents to the show, uh, the actor's name is Joe Keery. Uh, who did Joe Carey play? He played Steve. It, he played the Steve Jock that with Nancy, no chin. He's, he's also he, but he he made it. up for the
2: lack of chin with the overabundance of pompadour on top.
1: He has a bouffant, a beak and no chin. He is also not handsome. I appreciate. You like his a general my hair. You like his I appreciate his, his whiteness. You like his general whiteness swagger. <laughs> That's what you like about him. He's your white oh, yeah, hero. Even,
0: even that kid's, he's, he's got, like, there's some... He's some strange stuff happening between his nose and his chin. I know. I, I, I'm i looking at I the... I mean, you, you, can, the, you, you can't deny. Strength.
1: The buffon is rocking and rolling, but everything else, he's pretty weird-looking dude. But it's the charm of the show. We aren't mesmerized by good looks. It's the solid acting, The 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 intriguing plot, you know the who, mystery elements. You
2: know who was even uglier than the main kids? Uh. <laughs> yes, R2? <laughs> uh, the the bullies, the two bullies that tried to fight them.
1: Those kids were, like, majorly ugly. But the bullies are always supposed to be ugly. These, Think like, of the bully in A Christmas Story, that red-headed... Right, but these bullies make Scott Farkas look Scott like the Farkas. hero. Yes. Scott Farkas is Scott. 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 Is it really Scott? I mean, I believe you. You've been to the house, so it's Scott. Scott. I promise a you. Fucking pieces. He had yellow I eyes. Was,
0: I think the most brilliant point of casting in Stranger Things is Steve Harrington's douchebag buddy Tommy uh, Chester Rushing. He looked like you pulled him straight out of Sometimes They Come Back. What a fucking douchebag. I mean, that kid, I mean, he can't be a nice guy. He can't be. Look at his face.
1: It, his IMDb <laughs> smirk is out of control. What, what's
0: his name again? Chester Rushing.
1: Rushing. His name sucks. He is terrible.
0: If you told me he was one of the Cobra Kai that we never really got a good look at, I'd say, yeah, totally. Look at that kid.
2: Where the hell is he?
0: But he played it so well by the time he turns on on Steve towards the end of the series. I mean, he fucking sells it. And he's kind of scary in that scene when they're outside of the restaurant and he pushes Steve up against the car. Like, there's... What the attractiveness of the Stranger Things cast didn't have and made up for in how well the show was acted. I mean, every bit of it was sold by the acting. Oh, yeah. On a flip side of unattractiveness, the chick that plays Barb, kinda pretty when she's not all nerded up. Yeah, you know Shannon Purser. How did
2: if we're gonna are we ready to deviate from the the looks of everyone? And are we ready to talk about the show a little bit?
1: Barb the the uh we gotta Internet's talk about Barb. hero of I mean how many <coughs> memorials on the web have you seen of uh, Barb? Barb was the greatest. Was, well, I don't was know Barb was the greatest.
2: greatest? I think what sucks is that Oh, by the way, folks, we're going to do spoilers here.
0: Um, we always do. They don't, don't Yeah, I don't understand the Barb fervor
2: because like the whole town is is looking for this one kid, but then Barb goes looking and just cuz she's got those like quarter-inch thick librarian glasses and that god awful like mom haircut at 16 doesn't mean
0: that she's not worthy of looking for, just maybe less worthy. And do you think that's why there's been such internet fervor over Barb? Nobody
2: gave a shit! Even her parents didn't care when she went missing. Like, her mom's like,
0: oh, I guess, where is she? Or do you think the reason the internet's going crazy over Barb is because the internet relates most to Barb?
2: No, I think because Barb was just forgotten. Like, the character just... Nobody cared after a while. It was all about the the kid. And even, like, everything in the town was happy and peaceful and went back to normal by the end. Which, if you think about it, is, like, three weeks later or whatever. And, um... We're all eating Christmas dinner or whatever the fuck. But but what about Barb's parents? Exactly. They are celebrating Christmas without their beloved daughter. We never...
1: They didn't show Barb's parents. They did! They didn't... Didn't the... Uh, what's her face? Nancy called Nancy her Nancy went... Didn't she go to the parents? She went there
2: and she talked to her yeah. on the phone. Please try to pay attention. Did, did you watch this?
1: They did... She definitely was did busy call.
2: looking at... Paul, do, do you remember how ugly her parents
1: were? They were hideous.
0: You're right. They were hideous.
1: But yeah, I mean, if if... If we're going to really highlight some flaws of stranger things, we needed to see Barb's parents in mourning. We needed to see the funeral in the empty casket.:
0: No, we don't, because it wasn't about Barb. It was about it, it was about Will. That, it was about the, Will and Will's friends. It was about you know everyone surrounding Will. Barb was, you know, just like cannon fodder for that monster. It wasn't about Barb. We get a little bit of closure at the end with her parents, but I mean, like, I uh, my my question I think now that... was why is the why does the internet love Barb so much? Because Barb really didn't do anything but try to be Nancy's moral compass, moral mm-hmm. boring compass, <laughs> and like then she dies. And I think it's because you know most of the internet relates to Barb. Because they're not 80s hot like Nancy, or 80s hot like Steve, or even 80s ugly, like when Finn Wolfhard, or David Harbour, Finn Wolfhard, what a great fucking name, I can't believe that, that, that's that kid's real name. Do we think the internet's
1: responding sarcastically to just the way that no one in the show gave a real shit about barb disappearing do you think it's
0: that but they did give a real shit about barb disappearing nancy couldn't nancy wasn't really she, concerned about she looked so unwell she nancy she
1: looked for him for barb she looked for him in such an unforgettable uh, forgettable way that you didn't even remember that happening but she looked for 2 seconds and then that was it
0: cuz i didn't remember the resolution at the end
1: no, because you didn't re- remember her going to Barb's house and calling Barb's mom.
0: Yeah, that's, it was the, forgettable. that's the resolution at the end. It's also because I watched that like three months ago. Oh, I see. My memory's terrible. Like, I don't remember that minutia.
1: <clears throat> well, I'm just saying, I think that no, maybe th- people are being internet, a little sarcastic about...
0: No, the internet's not being sarcastic about this. The internet. Because the internet like, would never do that. Barb's our character. We're the fucking super nerds of this show and we relate to Barb and we love fucking Barb. Fuck you, Internet. Fuck you. <laughs> That's what's going on with Barb. I like Barb. Barb is alright. Barb was also the fucking fun police. You know what? Loosen up, Barb. Have a fucking beer. Oh, oh, now I get... Now I understand tonight why you're fighting the Barb argument so hard, Mr. Cherry Coke. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. I, I can never not drink beer again. Mr. Cherry Coke? No. No, I've got I've got Coke, in there. I brought more up tonight. I'm fine because I thought Matt was out. Why Do you want uh, me to give you a soda? Why um,
2: don't you give me grief for drinking a Coke, but you give him grief for it? Because you're Captain
0: Coke. Because you always drink Coke. So if, if tonight you were like, give me a couple beers, then I'd be making a stink about you drinking beers.
1: Would we be making a stink, or would we be celebrating it? This is the definition of 80s peer pressure, ladies can, and gentlemen, in the spirit of Stranger Things.
0: Can making a stink also be celebrating? I don't think making a stink I mean, I is, guess is strictly, strictly it's a, a negative. I guess it. What? Get the fuck out of the city. <laughs> you... All right, Falkey, you asshole. In the spirit of 80s things.
2: <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Making a stink, is that an 80s term? Or is that.
1: Get out of the city is. Get out of <laughs> the city. And it is Balky. <laughs> Um, I don't know, but yeah, it's not. Nobody ever says, oh, this is great." I got, I found this hundred dollars on the ground, and like, well, well you make it a stink about stuff. that, <laughs> and I'm the one who argues for argument's sake, you fucker. Okay, no. I, I'm not here. I'm just saying we're all capable of arguing. No, Matt's a little sake. noise
0: was because he thinks I'm right.
1: No, it's. I think he thinks I was wrong. Make
2: a stink. Guess where that came from? The mid '80s. Oh wait, Fox. no, no, no! I read that no, wrong. No, Matt. <laughs> the mid 1800s. <laughs> I was.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you gonna give us the definition? Uh, Are you going to cough some more? Uh, also
2: raise a stink, create a great fuss, complain, criticize, or otherwise make trouble about something. Sounds,
0: oh, negative. sounds negative,
2: negative. Negative, negative, negative. For example, uh, they promised to fix the printer today. You needn't make a stink about it. Or the parents were going to raise a stink about the principal's new rules. When I think about this raise a stink, that makes me, like, if you actually think about it, makes me think like you're shitting yourself or something. Maybe that that's what it means. You're just sitting there
1: pooping. And then In protest, suddenly,
2: suddenly the stink starts to like, you know, like,
1: shit, I think you like just why? raised a stink. Like, why did you shit yourself? The printer's broken. <laughs> the principal's new rules are ridiculous.
0: <laughs> All right, making us think negative. I guess we wouldn't make us think about Matt drinking beer.
1: <clears throat> no, we wouldn't.
2: All right, so um, aside from the way everyone looked and Barb getting un... Uh, unceremoniously. Un- unceremoniously crowned the internet
1: uh, queen.
2: Undeservin-
1: undeservingly? Unceremoniously would be like...
2: I don't think there's ever been a podcast where we're trying to like <laughs> dissect every fucking word and phrase. That we-
1: I <laughs> hate us tonight! Okay, I, I, okay. let's... Uh... Barb, too much <laughs> hype. Cast, ugly as fuck.
0: How was the story, Paul? Good. I think it was solid. I think everything that we needed to know was properly explained. This fucking dork on IGN was like, oh, We don't know what really happened with Wobars. Was it aliens? Was it another dimension? Was it with monsters? Was it this other stuff? That's the fucking point of it. You don't know. That's half the reason Stephen King's stories are so great. It's fucking unexplained. It's a great story like The Mist, Mist just shows up and there's monsters in it, and people need to deal with it. Done. We don't know where it came from, where the monsters come from, that's the end of it.
1: I think the 80s were just a simpler storytelling time. Everything didn't need an exact lineage, an exact point where it came from. You could just say, monsters appeared, fucking portal showed up, this clown's a fucking spider, yeah. and everything's cool.
0: And... And in, in to, to argue the point where of we don't know what's really happening, we do know what's happening. The government was tampering with some interdimensional shit. They opened up a rift, and now they're fucked because they don't know how to close it. And they found a portal to the Upside Down, which is what they call the dark dimension in the show... And a monster's able to come out of it and kill people. We know exactly what fucking happened. And it's cool. I mean, it's not really resolved at the end. No one closes the portal. Uh, Will Byers coughs up some ugly, bumpy slugs, so shit's not over. I mean, and yeah, had, it's... like, an LSD
1: <clears throat> flashback to the... Upside down as well.
2: You know, I feel like when I had pneumonia, I cost something like that up as well. But, Paul, I agree with you. Were you
1: missing for an amount of time that we didn't know?
2: Not that I recall, but uh, it's all kind of a haze. Yeah. Uh, the acting was great as well. All these kids really pulled it off, and trust me, I feel like I'm the person to, to gauge the quality of these yeah, children's acting. Uh, it really was. It It was very akin to... A classic Spielberg type movie. Um, you know they make the comparison on that IGN review that uh, it kind of reminds them of the Goonies. That's a good, that's a good comparison. But to me, it felt a little bit more real, like a Spielberg type um, movie. Like um, it's short lived, but like maybe the way that the kids were in Jaws, like in the um, the first Jaws movie, the way kind of the kids were hanging out and talking and everything. Um, you know J.J. Abrams tried to do something similar about what 8 years ago with that movie Super 8 where you got a bunch of kids and that felt like an old Spielberg movie and this just kind of like follows in the footsteps of stuff like that um, you know that, that small town kind of quality to it um, where everything seems a little simpler, a little more <clears> slowed <throat> down uh, and there's just something kind of pure about these characters Uh, there's like
1: a disbelief in the adult characters that anything evil or nefarious could be happening in their peaceful neighborhood
2: yeah and um, that was you know obviously that's one of the big draws one of the big appeals of the show is that it is obviously wearing it's influences like all over it's sleeve not just it's sleeve but the front and the back and you know it's probably got a hat on as well that says I love Steven Spielberg and John Carpenter because the music is completely like ripped right out of a John Carpenter written uh, piece of music like whether it's Big Trouble in Little China or Halloween but it has a very distinct and iconic sound Um, there's just a lot that, that is clearly a throwback but that's in a good way like none of it was like okay guys this is a little heavy handed to me, at least, I didn't feel that way. I felt like everything was legitimate, um, even though they did use the wrong Millennium Falcon in that <laughs> sequence. When was that from the, the ninety five line? Yeah, oh.
0: pulled me right out of the show. Not even kidding. I, I was a little livid.
1: I like that this was um, <laughs> it was an original, an original thought, an original idea, but it did pull on so many different strings that we could find just so many different vibes that you remember from the eighties. Um, you, Matt, you were talking about how it was just in a, uh, in a quiet, peaceful suburb. I mean, that looked like it could have been here. It looks like it could have been in Pittsburgh. The things the kids ride the bikes through the woods and it just brought me back to it's whatever. It's totally
2: a throwback. It, it, it absolutely transports you back to when you were that age. Um, and uh, and I like that, you know. I'm a mm-hmm. sucker for nostalgia. Um, I I feel like this movie executed it better <clears> than <throat> other things that try to go back to the '80s, like um, oh, what's that TV show called? Fresh off the boat. No, no the one that's in the '80s. The Goldbergs. The Goldbergs, uh, which I liked at first, but it kind of became kind of unwatchable, but. Um, I don't feel like that's kind of the time machine that this particular show was. It just isn't.
0: Um, well, The Goldbergs is clearly an homage to just the general 80s-ness mm-hmm. of everything. Like I would never watch the I would never watch The Goldbergs and be able to be tricked into believing this is something from the 80s. If if everyone around me was completely in on the dupe that we're going to tell Paul this is a series from 1985 that was just remastered. It never got picked up. It just got remastered. Now they're putting it out on DVD. I'd watch it, and I'd be like, holy shit. Like, this is from... I'd completely believe it. Up until that Millennium Falcon scene. (laughs) <laughs> take that out and I would be totally in I mean this the you know the feel of it the way the story is told, the soundtrack the way everybody looks it's so authentic it's not like it goes beyond an homage to well that's something true. from the 80s yeah it's, that's true It feels very very genuine
2: It does and the big reason for that is because it's a very heavily uh, character centric. Uh, story that they're telling um, basically all the characters we care about which even Barb everyone gives a (laughs) shit about Barb except for on the show they didn't care about her Um, but you know I think about other things of of that like Goldberg's a terrible comparison but um, a lot of the times when you're telling interdimensional type stories you might there's
0: there's no interdimensional storytelling on the Goldbergs
2: (laughs) (laughs) um well I was I was using that as a period piece but uh whenever you kind of like have a big story um sometimes the characters get lost because you're trying to focus so much on the plot and that did not happen here at all um like you know I was scared for characters as we went along um you know, because there were no there were no rules yet to this. You know, so we didn't know really who was gonna live, who was gonna die, um, how far they might push things. It's on Netflix; they can do whatever they want, right? So, um, you know, I was nervous for characters.
1: I liked them all. I and, really did. And it's also not an established story, like unfortunately, we're so used to. With the movies and TV shows, everything's a property that's been adapted. So we know the story as people that are fans of that thing. This is, while it has roots in things that we love, it's a fresh story that just draws from things that we love. So we were, everybody was along for the ride.
0: And in a similar vein, there was no instance of, oh, they cast Chris Pine. They're not going to kill Chris Pine.
1: even Winona Ryder the biggest name in there
3: I could see them killing her because by this point
0: in her career that could absolutely happen right you know everything like all the stars aligned for the series uh, in, in regards to the way the story was told, yeah, you know, and you know what people <clears throat> expected from it, and you know well, the there fear was, of I what's going to happen to characters. I don't
1: think there was any real. Ex- did anybody have any expectation going in before you actually started watching it? I mean, yeah,
2: yeah, I did because I saw the poster, which we yeah. got to talk about. and the poster, and I had heard you know it's set in the eighties, and it's kind of like a throwback to that Man, kind of Dick stuff. Dick got rock and hard, and I was like, I think this could be pretty good. And then you see the poster, and you're like, "Ah, oh, yeah, I think they're onto something." And it felt to me like these um, the people that created the show, the the Duffer Brothers, who directed most of the episodes, um, it seems to me like they were not interested in making compromises with this. This is their vision. I I have to assume. And if it's not, keep keep uh, compromising. But I felt like there was there was a very direct and pure. Um, ...approach to the creation of the show.
1: I think that's the beauty of the Netflix model, too. You have eight episodes. Netflix seems to let creators do their own thing. Netflix lets them take chances... ...because what they're trying to build is a catalog and volume. And Netflix is not interested in really a a wide audience. They're interested in a niche audience. And it's the perfect formula... I think this is like the perfect merging point of people that are looking for niche shows and you can find them on Netflix and this this was just this it just a perfect storm right here Um, you guys were talking about the the poster a little bit I want to say hands down every episode my favorite favorite thing about the episodes were the opening title sequence every single time that that came on and i heard the music i stopped whatever i was doing i made sure that i paid attention to it because it's just so so expertly done it looks such like uh you know the font and the the way that the the lighting to the the like neon effect and even the, just the way that the music swells and builds—it's totally digital music, like like a John Carpenter thing. Right, right. I mean, it just—it was so impactful every single time I watched it. And I mean, what can you, what title sequence can you say that about? That is just type floating around. Who
2: who did the artwork on that poster? It looks almost like a Drew Struzan kind of thing. It's not quite as
0: good. Um. I thought it was a Drew Struzan. It it does look like it, but, Stranger Things. but
1: it looks a little off. I
0: didn't I didn't get a good detailed look at it, but I'm I expected at it right now. Once I expected after the success, they had Drew Struzan do up a 80s style poster for it. Mm-hmm. Which um, doesn't which doesn't scream eighties to me.
1: You think like the layout of the characters doesn't, or
0: my and it, it it could be strictly Star Wars related for me because Drew Struzan didn't do any of the original eighty seventies and eighties Star Wars posters. Drew Struzan did the nineties special edition special edition releases and the prequels and the, yeah right so the Stranger Things poster to me is. More 90s. But to I me, mean, Drew Struzan else.
1: did, like, I mean... He did. You're he, just talking he about Star Wars. The, he did Raiders. Yeah, he all did a lot of all stuff.
0: But even if you look at the Raiders of the Lost Ark poster, it's not the, like, character collage that he's become known for. It's well, indie.
2: Yeah, but Temple of Doom and Last Crusade, both from the 80s, are the collages, and he did
0: both of those. Right, and... As I preference, that may be Star Wars-specific for me that the Stranger Things poster doesn't feel 80s to me.
3: Yeah. Um,
0: When I look at that particular kind of poster with the Drew Struzan artwork, the character collage style of it, that speaks more 90s to me than it does 80s. Hmm. So, like, along with the... um, (laughs) the hideous Millennium Falcon... Uh, those are, like, the only two things that were really, like, eh, it's not really 80s. But the title sequence, holy shit, I mean, the title sequence was just so good. Like, I, I was all in, every time, every time.
2: I think the artist's name that did the poster is, uh, Kyle Lambert, in case anyone cares. Kyle Lambert. Kyle Lambert.
0: That seems so Paul, important. what was
2: what was your maybe your least favorite thing about the show?
0: <clears throat> uh, I feel like Matthew Modine could have been better. Yeah, I feel like he could have been more dimensional. Um, he was he was just wooden, like there was no dimension.
2: And to his and character. Right? He never, he's never going to build to anything because I'm pretty sure he's gone, right? Or is he not? We yeah. don't actually see his death, but it's inferred. What happens to him? The monster attacks him and kills him, supposedly. In the building. Yeah.
0: In the gym. Uh, or in the, the hallway. The, yeah. yeah. Um.
1: I mean I'm sure in the second season if we follow these same characters which I'm sure we will we'll get another sinister government agent we'll have another crack at it.
3: Yeah,
0: and like it's
1: He didn't really take anything away from this show for me. I mean, I still enjoyed it. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Um and that's, you know, part of what's so strong about Stranger Things is that one of is that my my biggest negative is one of the things that I've been trumpeting and things that I like in my comic books and my TV shows is that sometimes bad guys are just bad guys. They don't need to be a multi-layered magneto. Uh, you know, we don't need to have a morally conflicted gray area character like Tony Stark or Steve Rogers uh, you know, sometimes bad guys are just bad guys. And Matthew Modine was... Tony Stark bad. and uh, Steve Rogers' bad guys? Well, that's how Marvel likes to portray them. Ah, uh, I see. You know, because, you know, heaven knows they don't have any real bad guys to pull from. So, you know, we wow. need a new hero. Hero versus hero, you know, every year.
3: But yeah, line has wanted, never
0: been thinner. I wanted... Fuck that. I wanted a little more... Definition in Matthew Moody. And I understand he's just the bad guy. And if we're telling an 80s style story in a style from the 80s, we're not going to get that. Uh, You know, we don't get any motivation from the people that come to get ET other than that's an alien, we need to get it done. Uh, We don't get any motivation from Jaws other than I'm a shark, I like to eat. Right, yeah, it feels like
2: Matthew Modine as a name was kind of wasted in that role. I mean, he was kind of creepy looking in this show, um, which I think was on purpose. But he really didn't do much. We didn't really learn much about him. And an actor like that feels kind of wasted in that role, to be honest. Like, you get any creepy guy. But if Matthew
0: Modine was an actor like that, wouldn't we have seen more from Matthew Modine in the last... So many years. I mean, it's not like he's so old that he's retired and not doing anything anymore. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe he Maybe he is, and this role just spoke to him. But I feel like, you know, Matthew Modine, when he came up in his prime, was like, oh, this is the fucking next Richard Gere. This is the next guy. And then he just didn't have whatever it took to get to that next level, and then he just disappeared. Mm-hmm. And since he was an 80s guy, it was a nice... Character. and a, a nice you know name to pull in like Winona Ryder mm-hmm. who still has a little more to offer than I think Matthew Modine but maybe it's partially because they didn't give him a lot to do What? A, mm, I, I mean I would have
2: to agree with you that Matthew Modine maybe was the biggest letdown of the show um, and that's stretching because he was fine really um, I don't really have like a negative honestly like I think it was pretty much spot on and well done um, any criticism I can throw at it would be just trying to nitpick. And thats I don't do that on the McSauce comic book podcast. That's not though.
1: what we do. We no. didn't just spend <clears throat> 20 minutes on the looks of these poor kids.
2: Well, we didn't say we... Dislike that they were so ugly. We were just commenting
0: that they were uh, ugly. We, we We're
1: embracing their.
0: I think so. Actually. Ugliness. Yeah. Sharply, was there anything that we you... we appreciate the fact that they are hard to look at?
2: <laughs> was there anything that uh, that you had a problem with at all?
1: Um, whenever I first started watching it, I didn't love the kids' story. Uh, eventually, really latched on to their journey, and I I grew to like the kids. But when I first was watching it, the first two, three, four episodes... uh, I'm not a huge... I know you guys like E.T. You guys like The Goonies. Um, I don't really like any of those properties. I don't like... I I, love E.T.
0: I think The Goonies is overrated.
1: Okay. Um, I I don't like either one of those. But what I really did like about Stranger Things and I think that is a credit to the way that they wrote the story and the actors, is that they branched it off into three different levels. You followed the kids. If you really like the kids stuff, that was there for you. If you like the teenager stuff, I like that. And what I really identified with was David Harbour and Winona, Winona Ryder and the adult story and trying to track down um, Will
3: yep.
1: and the, the anguish and the pain that David Harbour was yep. trying to... he where, where you could see him empathizing as he also lost a daughter, and you can go back and see the struggles that he had, and I thought that really fleshed that character out.
2: Oh, majorly. Yeah, yeah I agree with you also that the story was kind of carried by those three tiers, the young kids, the teenagers, and the, the adults. And um, <clears throat> a lot of times when shows kind of break into... Um, different kind of like segments like that you kind of latch on to like one of the groups not the case here they were all equally intriguing i think and well done and and i gave a crap no matter what was on screen it wasn't like okay okay can we please get back to the teenagers or
1: whatever the final act the final two episodes where you break off and you sort of have a you know a race to the finish ending it really i know it's it really reminded me of jedi where you have these three different things happening that were all sort of interconnected and you were all it, your your adrenaline was going as you mm-hmm. flip to each different scene and you're following those characters and i love that about how the show ended awesome. and yeah it it really was cool that you could you liked every single aspect. and as it went along, I really started to love those kids and how they interacted with it, each other.
2: Yeah, it was really cool, too, to see a lot of the characters kind of evolve over the course of those eight episodes. Uh, particularly Steve was probably the the one that changes the most. Like he goes from just despicable to you think you might actually kind of like that guy.
1: Yeah, when he comes back into the house and helps them fight the monster, I thought, that was a surprising and redeeming thing that you wouldn't see in an 80s movie. That's where you kind of get to see some modern storytelling where they took some of those tropes and twisted them just a little bit, where the yep. preppy, dislikable character does end up being somebody that, that you like and you're rooting
0: for in the end. Did you guys expect Nancy to end up with Steve at the end?
2: Uh... No, but I didn't expect her to end up with Jonathan Byers either. No? I thought that maybe she was going to enjoy the single life for a little while, kind of, you know, figure things out, and then maybe in later seasons get together with Jonathan Byers, which it seems like it's building toward that.
1: I feel like if she ended up with Jonathan Byers, that is a more predictable 80s way to write that ending, and with her ending up with Steve, I thought that was another way that they twisted your expectations a little yeah. bit. I was disappointed. The... I think the single life would have suited her very, just fine.
0: I um I, I feel like I was initially disappointed that she wasn't with Jonathan Byers, but, uh, you know, once you think about the character arc, <laughs> the character development that Steve went through, and from the beginning, he's never... He's never a bad guy. you know the worst thing we see him do is bust up Jonathan's camera because dude's taking half naked pictures of his girlfriend.
1: Nothing wrong with that.
0: Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so you know, once the initial shock was off that, oh, shit, you know, they didn't have a end up with with Jonathan Pars. I was like, all right, and I'm kind of excited to see what they're gonna do with Steve in season two, mm-hmm. even though like Steve is such a perimeter character. Uh, you know, Steve could be, like, um, Elizabeth Shue in, you know, Karate, karate Kid, Kid 3 when, you know, Daniel's like, oh, yeah, we broke up. Or at the beginning of Karate Kid 2, I guess. Yeah. She's I was... back in 3.
1: Karate Kid 3, isn't that oh Hillary No, that's
0: no. the next Karate
2: Kid. <laughs> you guys. Oh, I'm sorry. Elizabeth Shue's not in the third one at all, and she's only briefly mentioned in the second one. Right.
0: Right. Yeah, because they, yeah, that, that's what I was talking about okay because then he gets with kamiko yeah
2: daddy yeah
1: so they announced stranger things season two pretty much directly after they released this the trailer
0: for stranger things season two is just whack i haven't even i haven't seen it it. it there's no footage it's all the title treatment and it you know it comes in and then it says season two yeah but when the type treatment is you know closing in to camera there's just a lot of different nouns and like words thrown up on the screen as i guess to what we can expect
1: like what give me a give me a little sam give the listener give us a noun we'll watch
0: it we'll watch it later don't look on my Indisputable. Hair. I was my noticing that. That's I know. Oh, I, I noticed you noticing. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, a disaster. to listeners? A- Paul
2: just took <laughs> his hat off, and it was um, it was just caked onto his forehead,
0: <laughs> or on, not his forehead, but his head. It's been on her hat. it on her hat. It doesn't have the normal body that it usually has. That's better. It doesn't Cute. have that Steve Harrington body. Did you guys notice that
2: the body of his hair? Got larger and larger as the episodes went on. What like a the pompadour haircut, he just was like sporting like a 50s style. In direct relation to his thing. fear, that was maybe a slight issue <laughs> that I had. It really wasn't an eighties style. I don't know. Really I thought it was eighties style. It was no, pretty it was big. Like fifties, man. No, so eighties was big hair. Eighties was big hair. Eighties was big hair. Here is one did. of the things that I really liked. I, I specifically liked the ending. I liked the tone of the ending where you have kind of the happy ending but it's there's a an undercurrent of dread that still exists like oh boy things aren't over yet it felt like the ending to me it felt exactly like the same tone as the ending to um big trouble in little china mcsauce's own big trouble in little china we made it and uh And it felt a lot like that with like, you know, everybody is happy, everyone lived and everything, but at the end of the day, Jack Burton just walked away, he didn't end up with the girl, and yet while he's driving his truck, it's raining, and then you see the monster that was in the the caverns in Big Trouble in Little China, it escaped. So, pretty cool stuff.
1: Do you think that this second season, is there any way that it can live up to the... The hype yeah. machine. Yeah yeah.
2: Think, yeah. 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 All right. Same creators. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like they aren't done telling their story. I feel like they, it's not like, oh, now what do we do? It's like, okay, let's keep this thing going, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, I do expect it to be as good.
1: Do we have a uh, ETA on that? Is it going to be next summer? I think they would be smart to do it around the same time. Yeah, I, I, I would, would
0: think assume I would assume yeah, I think there's there's plenty of places to go with this. Uh, you know, They left just enough threads wide open to pull on. You know, I don't think the Upside Down is a location that's been explored enough. You know, I don't think we're done with that yet. Uh, you know, the,
1: For any kind, of, the variety of monsters that you could have come out of the Upside Down... That seems like it could be kind of endless. They could expand
0: on that. That, um, we don't know why, you know, what exactly is going on with Flevin, how she's progressed, how she's gotten to this point.
2: Yeah, were you guys... Where she's at? Totally, yeah. I mean, I was a little confused with the ending. Obviously, they intimate, she's still alive. Mm -hmm. What I didn't quite understand was how Hopper brings her the, the waffle, um... How's she getting it? Like I, I'm under the impression she's in the upside down. Does that mean she's able to, occasionally come out for the for the occasional ego, or what?
1: That's what it seems like. She can control that now, or she knows how to get in and out. Yeah, but it was I, I still a
0: great ending. I didn't put it together that she could control it, but like I just assumed that like the monster who had entrances and exits in the woods like she knew where one was at and she Mm -hmm. could come out and and take care of that stuff until someone's able to really go in and and pull her back out but yeah like you know the like there's so much of it that was just really really cool like there's not a lot to dislike about it uh you know I was wary because of the fucking internet hype machine everyone was all over this thing's nuts so I was kind of wary to go in and watch it, but, you know, once I saw that first title treatment,
2: hooked. Hooked. Well, so you must have liked it. So, Paul, why don't you give us a final score before we sign out for the night?
0: My, uh... Uh... Oh. Uh,
2: man. <laughs> this is so painful for you. Somebody, like... <laughs> like... like
0: There's so it, like, many noises. need some
1: Dramamine or something? Some Motrin?
0: I'm gonna give it a 9. This is pretty great. I really enjoyed this. I really feel like it scratched every itch that I needed scratched. Hmm. Let me give it a 9. That's pretty high. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Ian, why don't you go ahead and put a number to it?
1: I'm gonna give it uh, an 8. I liked it. It was very highly entertaining. Hit a lot of the spots that I, a lot of my '80s spots, so yeah, liked it. Eight.
0: One of one of the things I like about it is that, yeah, Barb's a casualty, but yeah, we get Will Byers back at the end. There's there isn't some, yeah. There's the twist at the end where yeah we get him back, but he's coughing up
3: slugs. Up,
0: slugs. But we we get him back. Like there's a there's a happy ending. You know, we don't. I feel like nowadays. We can't commit to everything being resolved positively at the end. There always has to be some kind of bullshit, right? Or someone doesn't make it, or a tragic ending is the only good ending. Uh, but everyone pretty much you know comes back in a good place, and I like that. Yeah, I like that too.
3: I like
2: the show a lot. Um, I said that it was like the best new show cheese, I don't even know, in the last 15 years. Um
1: so you give it an 11?
2: No, I'm going to give it a 10.
1: 10 out of a 10. 10 perfect out of 10. Perfect show.
3: Not uh, price, well, right? I don't know
2: if it's perfect, but it's closer to 10 than it would be to 9. So, um, yeah, I, I struggle to come up with things I didn't like about it, and you know that me, I'm not like a major TV watcher, but I... Devoured this show and I'm ready for the next season and I would devour that too um, I mean out of the, the newer shows that I like that are kind of like the the progressive stories like Game of Thrones or the Walking Dead Breaking Bad I think this just beats them all
0: I do there was a even though the story is pretty down and stranded, you know we're, we're looking for a missing thing the entire time, and you know we dealing with government that we can't trust, and you know even the solid friendship between Mike, Dustin, and Lucas, you know starts to fall apart. The further you get in the show, it's still a much more positive experience than Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, or <laughs> yeah, your yeah, traditional I modern Those are the modern fare.
1: yeah, like those are the most down in the dumps shows of
0: all time <laughs> so
1: yes you're correct it is more light-hearted yes
0: yeah, so you know getting getting that kind of positivity out of it is that
1: what you like you like positivity nice. that's your thing
0: yeah i like yeah. i don't yeah it's I like shit turns out good I like shit as well why are you surprised about this what oh, likes a nice happy ending i do. speaking of endings while we wrap this up all right does anyone else have anything else to add?
3: I don't think so.
0: All right, man. Call me get you. I
1: can't sharply.
0: Back to pass We'll see you next time.